But today, we're actually reading through uh, Ephesians chapter 3. And I don't know about you guys, but did, did anyone else have a busy week? Yeah? Did you guys do a lot of work? Did you guys do a lot of things? Anyone else just seems like busyness just takes up your entire week? Um, oh, my goodness. So I was thinking through my week, and uh, Saturday night we had our, our Sunday, last Sunday night we had our prayer night and our worship night. And so that went really well. Thank you, Cassandra and Paul, for playing for us. We had our ice cream social uh, after, the, after the service. Uh, we prayed for people. Monday night we had our board meeting. And that's like herding cats. You guys know the way that is, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Tuesday night, I hung out with some people. Wednesday night, we had our church cookout. Thursday and Friday night, um, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Uh, Saturday night, I helped my brother and sister-in-law. They just moved into a new home. And so it's just been a crazy busy week. And so um, today, uh, my sermon is merely a prayer. And to be honest, um, it's not even an original prayer. I borrowed it from someone else. And so hopefully you guys can find some uh, insight into it. You guys can find some encouragement in it. You know, I think sometimes when we think about prayers, we think about prayers that, you know, things that we ask uh, of ourselves. We're like, hey, you know, I want this. I want that. You know, Lord, if you'd please just give me this beautiful girl. Or, Lord, if you'd please just give me this amazing job. Or, God, if you would just rescue me from this hardship. Or, God, like, like when we think of prayers, we're off, often asking for things for ourselves. And... Um, I don't know. I feel like what we care for is often what we pray about. And um, yeah, so I think when we look at someone's prayers, it gives us a window into their soul. And so um, there's actually two specific prayers in the book of Ephesians that the Apostle Paul writes, uh, writes to, the, to the church in Ephesus. The first one is found in Ephesians chapter 1, and the second one is found right here in Ephesians chapter 3. And so I'm just going to read through it real quick for you and share some truths that I think God has ministered to me. And I pray that this prayer will encourage you, and I want to pray this prayer over you as well. And so, um, again, Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Can you look to your neighbor and say, riches of his glory? Yeah, look to your other neighbor and say, riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to read that one more time. For this reason... I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and height and depth 
and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Wow, what a, what a, what a big introduction. It's exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that, is, that, is, that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What a beautiful prayer that the Apostle Paul was praying over the church in Ephesus. God, I pray that you will minister to us this morning and that you'll be magnified and glorified. I pray that you'll just have your words speak to us and minister to us, God. I know it's been a busy week. I know that people have a lot of things that are happening in their lives right now. We know that a lot of people are on vacation and a lot of people are, you know, doing things and getting ramped up, slowly getting ramped up to go back to school in the fall. And God, I just pray that you encourage us this morning as we read this prayer. I I pray that you will uh, minister to us uh, this morning as we read this prayer that, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus um, a couple thousand years ago. And although it was written a long time ago, God, I pray that your, your truths will continue to minister to us today and that your word will speak to us again today, Father. And I pray that you will just strengthen our soul, God, because we know that you can do exceedingly abundantly more than everything that we could ask or imagine. And God, I pray that you, uh, you use us today and you, you speak to us today through the power of your word. Amen. So I'm just going to kind of go verse by verse and talk through this prayer this morning, and hopefully it encourages you. And again, the, the entire sermon this morning is just a prayer. It's just a prayer. And I think, again, I think prayer really gives us a window into someone's soul. So if you look at it again, he says, he says, for this reason, you wonder what, what type of reason is he talking about? You almost have to go back and you have to look at verse 14, you have to work, look at verse 13, he says, therefore I ask you that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. And then he goes on to say, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. So, so from, from the very beginning of the prayer, the Apostle Paul is putting himself into a unique position from the very beginning. He's putting himself in a position of humility. He's putting himself in a position of servitude. Uh, I mean, when you, when you think about going on your knees, it's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of urgency. It represents a yielded heart. Like, like you know, no, I don't know if you, 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 you have ever, you've ever gone before the Lord before. And again, you kind of feel like maybe you're, you're kind of praying your own thing. And he's like, he's, he's essentially from the very beginning, he's saying, not my will, but your will be, but your will be done. He, he, he's putting, again, he's putting himself into a posture of humility, of servitude, of surrender, of urgency. He's representing a, a yielded heart. He's kind of saying, Lord, Lord, here I am. I'm bowing before you. I'm kneeling before you. And, and, and you kind of wonder, okay, what exactly is he, is he praying for? What is he pleading for? What is he being urgent for? What is he being surrendered for? What is he yielding his heart? Like, like what is he specifically asking God for? And I, I think you can see in the text that there are a couple different things that he is going to the Lord in prayer for. And again, I think when we read this, we can kind of take a glimmer into the Apostle Paul's heart. If you look at verse 16, you see the first thing that he's going and he's pleading and he's praying to God for. He said, that he would grant you, and he's talking to the church, according to the riches of his glory, 
to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Interesting language, isn't it? You, 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 might, you might read that, you might look at it, you might be a little confused, like what exactly is he talking about? He's talking about, it's, it's like, well, who is this inner man? What's that? I'm not sure if I totally understand. It's, it, it's interesting, throughout Paul's epistles, when he writes the church, he refers to the inner man several times throughout his epistles. And the inner man is a way of describing the spiritual aspect of a person. The outer man, in contrast, would be described as the outer aspects of a person. But, 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 but the inner man is a way of describing the spiritual aspects of a person. It's, it's a way of describing someone's spirit, someone's heart. And what he's saying is, listen, I, I want you to be, I want, your, I want your heart, I want your spirit to be strengthened. Does anyone here feel like they need their spirit to be strengthened this morning? Like he's, so he's praying for the church. He's like, hey, listen, God, I want you to come in and I want you to strengthen these people's spirit. Strengthen them how? Are you supposed to strengthen them by your own efforts? Are you supposed to strengthen it by your own strength? Are you supposed to strengthen it by your own power, by your own huge bank account, by your, by your incredible wit, by your incredible power, by reading a bunch of self-help health books? I mean, like... Like, like, how are you supposed to strengthen it? And it's interesting because he says, I pray that God would strengthen you, not, not by your own efforts, not by lifting a bunch of weights, but he says, I pray that God would, would, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Have you thought about that before? Like, that's a pretty powerful statement. According to the riches of his glory, that he would strengthen you. That he would strengthen you in his might. It's not Paul's strength, but it's God's strength. It's not Paul's riches. It's not your riches, but it's the riches of God's glory. That, he's, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to strengthen you with might through his spirit in the inner man. That your inner man would be strengthened. It's interesting because when you look at the book of Ephesians... It was actually written uh, during Paul's third missionary journey. He was, um, uh, he was out and about, and he was ministering, and he was planting churches. And uh, he goes to Ephesus, and you can, you can actually read about it in, in Acts chapter 19, where it says that he went to a- Ephesus, and he was there, and he spoke there for three months. And he was ministering, and he was arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. And it says that uh, he went there and he spoke. And in fact, you can read about it in Acts chapter 19, verses 8 through 11, where it says, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months. He argued persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannius. Uh, this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia, heard the word of the Lord. And God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even the handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick, and the illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. 
So it's interesting because when you look at the, the, the context of the book of, uh, of the context of the church in Ephesus, Paul went there and he began to preach and he began to do some amazing things and there was a revival in the city. And so there was healings and spirits were driven out of people and like it was, a, it was an amazing revival of the city. In fact, the revival of the city was, was, was so intense that it changed the demographics of the city. It changed the economy of the city. Can you imagine if we had a revival here at Taylor Christian that not only like changed the church, let's say the church just became jam-packed with people, changed the church, but can you imagine if we had a revival here at the church that changed the demographics of the city? Wouldn't that be crazy? That was like so, and it was, it was so, like it changed the dem- demographics, and it changed the economics of the city as well. And so um, they made a lot of money in Ephesus by selling these silver shrines, to, to the, 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 the Greek god Artemis. And because of, um, because of the revival that happened in the city, it, again, it changed what happened in the city and it changed the economics of the city. And um, man, I, I think about that. What a, an, an awesome thing where this revival happened and changed the city and transformed the city. And um, so it was a church that had, that had experienced God's power. And it was a church that had, had experienced um, miracles. And it was a church that had seen the supernatural. It was a church that had uh, just seen the city being changed and transformed by the power of God. I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? So Ephesus, that's how Ephesus started. Like, there was a revival there, and Paul was there, and he was preaching, and, and this was happening for a couple of years. And again, the supernatural was happening, and there was power that was happening there, and miracles were happening there, and people were being changed, and the whole city was transformed. And, and um, what happened was there was this there was a silversmith who became upset because his way of making money had left. And so he started a riot in the city and drove Paul away. And so Paul is, is writing back and he, he's speaking to these people and he's, he's speaking to them and he's trying to encourage them. It's like a city that had experienced power and, and the move of the Lord. And then they had uh, experienced oppression after that. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life before where it's like there's been moments in your life where you've experienced the goodness of the Lord. Amen. You've experienced the power of the Lord. You've experienced the greatness of the Lord. You've experienced the supernatural of the Lord. And now you kind of feel like that's in the past. And now you've been going through some trials. You've been going through some hardships. You've been going through some valleys. You kind of wonder, like I kind of wonder right now if God is still out there, if God is still here for me, if God is still powerful enough, if God still has provision, if God can still move in my life, if God can still do things in my life. And he's, he's writing them and he's, he's encouraging them. He's like, hey, listen, um, I, I pray that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, that you be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit in your inner man. I mean, isn't that a powerful prayer to pray over someone. He's like, he's, he's not praying about, you know, hey, I, you know, and Paul is sitting here in prison. He's sitting here in prison, uh, you know, uh, uh, behind bars and, you know, sitting in prison. And he's not praying for himself. He's not praying for his own needs. He's not praying for, you know, God, I just pray that I'd be able to get a Maserati later today. Or, Lord, I, I pray that you'd just rescue me from this, the, the, this dungeon that I'm in. God, I just pray that you'd provide for me a seven-course meal. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, provide for me a bunch of... But he's praying that the Lord would strengthen these people who'd ex- who'd, who had experienced the power of the Lord and then who had experienced the oppression of what had happened afterwards. He's like, Lord, I just pray that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might 
through spirit in your inner being. I pray, for, I pray for your inner man. I just pray that your spirit is strengthened. I know at one time you were, you, you know, you, you, were, you were able to experience the supernatural. I know at one time you were able to experience, you know, the power, the, the power of the Lord. And, and maybe things have kind of, I just pray right now. My prayer is that your inner man, your spirit is strengthened in the Lord. But he goes on from there. Like, what else does he pray for? Again, prayer gives us an insight into the person. First of all, he's praying on his knees, pleading with the Lord. He was in a position of humility and servitude and urgency with a yielded heart. He said, Lord, my prayer is that your inner man, your spirit is strengthened. But what else does he pray for? He says that Christ, in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. First of all, my prayer is for your inner man, that your spirit is strengthened. But second of all, my prayer is that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, now notice what it, it doesn't say. It doesn't say that Christ, that, that Christ may visit in your hearts through faith. That Christ may vacation in your, house, in your hearts through faith. The, 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 the word here, the Greek word dwell, means to inhabit. It means to settle. My, my prayer is that Christ may dwell, that he may inhabit, that he may settle in your hearts. How many of you guys know that, that, that settling uh, somewhere, that dwelling somewhere, is a lot different than visiting somewhere, Right? Like when you go and you visit somewhere, it's temporary. When you go to Florida for your nice vacation on the beach, sadly, it's temporary. Um, when you go to the in-laws who live out of state, you travel to see them, and you bring all the luggage it, like you expect to go home. Listen, I, th- I think some people invite Christ into their lives, and they subconsciously say, Jesus, you can come and stay for a while, but don't get too comfortable. This is just a season. I just need you for a little time in my life. I just need you until my life gets back on track, and then I might need you to dwell somewhere else. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Can I tell you that Although that's the Apostle Paul's prayer, I feel like that's my prayer as well. It's my prayer for my family, you know. It's like one of my prayers for my family is, man, that, that, that Christ may dwell in my children's heart. That it's not just a, 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 a temporary residing place, <laughs> but that it's a permanent spot where the Lord can dwell. You know, I, it's like, I don't want to talk too much, but Bennett is such a thinker. He loves to think. He likes to be analytical. He's like the people of Berea, he's like the people of Berea who examine the scripture every day to, to, to examine that. Like he, he likes to think it through. Genevieve is a little bit different. Genevieve is she's all heart and, and maybe no head. She's like ah, you know, just like super excited about things. And uh, you know, uh, it was a couple months ago, I was she was j- jiggling through her change, and I'm like, well, you know, what, what's this for? And she's like, Daddy, I have to get some money to give to the kids, the needy kids in Africa. And so she just, she's just like all heart. And I feel like, man, my, my prayer for my kids, 
is that Christ may have a dwelling place in their heart. And to be honest, I feel like the same prayer, not only for me as a father, but also for me as a pastor, is that um, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You know, I see a lot of people come into a relationship with Jesus, and through life's seasons, it's not a permanent dwelling place. You see people who come for a season, and they're excited for a season. You see people that are, but my heart as a pastor is, God, may Christ dwell in their hearts through faith. I wonder to myself, is my heart an environment where Jesus feels welcome, or is it an environment that puts him at odds? I think about the passage in Revelation where um, they're talking about the churches, and he speaks of Jesus, and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and, and he with me. Like, dwelling is interesting because dwelling, I feel really, like when Christ dwells in your heart, you're, it's like the presence of the Lord is in your heart. God's presence. Like, I really feel like, man, um, my prayer and Paul's prayer is that Christ's presence might be in your heart. And this isn't just something that the Apostle Paul talked about. In fact, you can even see this in, in the 23rd Psalm when King David was, was penning it. And he was, he was kind of writing, it was like this poetic, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. And kinda, he's kind of writing this poetic uh, uh, passage of scripture. And towards the end of it, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my house, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I think David knew something about dwelling in the presence of the Lord. Moses knew something about dwelling in the presence of the Lord. When he said in, in Psalms chapter 31 and Psalms chapter 91, verses 1 and 2, he says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, and my God, in Him I will trust. I mean, that's, that's really my prayer for the church. That's my prayer for, for, for my kids, that they will say that the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom, in him, I will trust. First of all, he says, listen, I pray that your inner man is strengthened. But then he says that Christ, my, the second part of this prayer is that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then he goes on to say that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Which passes knowledge. What did he pray for? He prayed that your inner man be strengthened. He prayed that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then kind of the last thing that he prays for here is that that you may understand God's love for you in all of its fullness. Look at that again. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So it's like, hey, like my, my hope for you is that you're able to understand God's love for you. 
And it's weird because when, when you think about it, he even kind of, he even says it in the text. He's like, I want you to know the love of Christ, but it's actually kind of beyond our comprehension, isn't it? Like when you think about the love of Christ, like it's like, he's like, I want you to know about it. I want you to know the, about the height and depth. And, but, it, but to be honest, it kind of passes knowledge. But I want you to know about Christ's love. You know, but, but in some ways, isn't, does it make sense, Christ's love? I mean, it does in some ways, but in some ways it, it's kind of, I know, it, it, almost seems, it almost seems weird. It almost seems absurd, doesn't it? I mean, you think about in, in, in Luke chapter 17 where it talks about the lady who leaves the, who, who goes and she, she looks for the coin, the lost coin. And then it talks about the shepherd who, he, he, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. Like that doesn't really, like if you have 99 sheep, and um, you're taking care of 99 sheep. Does it really make sense that you're... I mean, it does make sense that you love the one sheep, but, but, but it kind of, in some ways, it, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of the, you know, the song, The Reckless Love of God. It's like, it, in some ways, it, it's kind of beyond our comprehension when you, when you think, like, yeah, like, that's, that's, that's fantastic that, that you're doing this, but in some ways, like, I feel like if we had 99% of Downriver, uh, um, you know, saved and attending the church and, you know, on fire for the Lord, I feel like I'd be pretty happy with would you guys be happy about that? I mean, I feel like, man, maybe we've done our mission. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe I can sit back and relax and just kind of take it easy for a little while. But, but it's weird when you think about uh, the love of Christ because it's like the, the love of Christ just keeps on going after us and it keeps on pursuing us and it keeps on chasing us and it keeps on, you know, and it's like, wow, like you would even go after the one when you had the 99. In some ways that kind of surpasses our knowledge. Or in some ways, even the, the story of the prodigal son, where the son who went off and, and spent his father's inheritance on crazy things and, 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 and squandered his wealth, wealth and essentially said that he wished that his father were dead by taking his inheritance. Like, it's weird that when he came back, the father threw a party for him. Like, don't you feel like when the father came back, like, maybe he should have... I don't know, like slapped him or scolded him or put him in timeout for a couple of minutes or taken away his, you know, his, his Nintendo Switch or, you know, turned off his technology for a while. But it's like sometimes, I don't know, like in some ways, man, it really feels like God's love is uncomprehendable. And when you think about Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, sitting in heaven, and he sees, man, the glory of the throne room. He sees heaven in all of its splendor. He sees the angels. Man, them singing glory to the king. And he leaves the majesty and the perfection of heaven, clothed himself in human form, came down as a baby in the small town of Bethlehem. Left all that for you and for me. In some ways it passes our knowledge. In some ways, in some ways it's like, I, just, I don't understand that type of love. The Apostle Paul says, listen, I want you to realize that God loves you. God loves you, Nolan. Thanks, man.
God loves you, Rhonda. God loves you, Craig. God loves you, Paul, Bennett, Aaron, Dean. He kind of loves you. No, just kidding. He loves you. (laughs) And I think when people realize the, even just a piece, a portion, just a little morsel of God's love for them, it can be transformational. And it can be just a radical change in their life. So when he prays, and the worship team can come, come back up, he says, man, I pray that your inner man be strengthened. I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And I pray that you understand God's love for you in its fullness. For this reason, I bow my knees. You guys can stand up. To the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we thank you for um, just this time that we've come together, Father. And I just uh, pray this prayer over the church this morning, Father. I just pray this morning that you will, oh, oh man, I just pray that you will strengthen them. I pray that you will strengthen their inner man. I pray that uh, maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're like the church in Ephesus where they've experienced the goodness of the Lord. They've experienced the miraculous of the Lord and, and things have kind of come in and uh, gotten in the way and have kind of pulled them back up, pulled them back down, Father. And I, I just pray right now that you'll strengthen them, not by their own might, not by their own strength, not by their own willpower, not by their own uh, reading of books or whatever, but that, that you will strengthen them through the riches of your glory through your strength, Father. I pray that you will uh, lift them up with your mighty right hand this morning, Father. We just pray this prayer over them this morning, Father. I also pray that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. I pray that they will uh, not um, be people that are um, just followers for a season, but that you will have a permanent dwelling place in their heart. And as you dwell in their heart, and as your presence is in their heart, as your presence is in their inner man, I pray that you will transform them and move them and, and just uh, change them through, uh, from the inside out, Father. I pray that you will be glorified and that you will be magnified in their life and that, th- and that their heart will be a permanent dwelling place of your Holy Spirit. And Father, I also pray uh, this morning that they will be able to um, just sit back and realize and understand that you love them and that you care for them 
and that you have their best interests in mind, Father. I just pray this morning that they will be able to uh, understand the, 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 the depth and the height of your love this morning, Father. And I just pray that your spirit will move in their hearts this morning. I pray that you will minister to them this morning. I pray that you will speak to them this morning, Father. I pray that you will be glorified and that you will be magnified and that you will be the uh, just on the... On, on the bow of their ship and that you will be in control and that they will uh, just follow you and pursue you, Father. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We ask these things in your holy name.